You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey everyone, welcome back. Before we get started, I want to mention that Story 2 mentions grooming. It's a pretty dark one. But all of these stories are pretty messed up, so if you want to avoid them, I understand. This is going to be my last video until Monday, so I hope you all have a great weekend. If any of you would like to send me a story through the weekend, you can send it at southerncannibal.com. All that being said, if you're all ready, let's begin. And remember to always stay hungry. Writing this story brings up memories of which I've repressed for many years. For an introduction, I'm a 22-year-old college student in Wisconsin, and I have autism as well as a learning disability. Social media isn't new to me in any way, but I do keep close tabs on it more than ever. I guess I'll start with when I first encountered a few groups on Facebook. Which reminds me, does anyone even use Facebook anymore? The first part of the story may be a bit boring, but I will get to the part of the unpleasant encounter. Also, note information will be limited in some areas, because the person may be getting wind of the story. I was at a point in my life at the age of 18 to 19 where I was searching for some friends who were like me, but there were few in between. One day while searching online, I had received an invite to an autism group online. Now, I was in the process of getting a diagnosis for autism, but I wasn't at the time. I accepted the invite without a second thought. I really should have dug deeply into the leader of the group. As the days went on, I was learning more and more about autism, until I got a personal message from the leader of the group about a meeting that she wanted to have with me via FaceTime. I agreed, again without any hesitation, and I began talking to this person. I will not mention their name or if they're male or female, just in case they're still trying to reach me in other ways in the present time. The meeting itself was seemingly normal, and there was some personal info shared but not enough where I could get in deep trouble. A year or two went by, and things drastically started changing. The leader was more pressing on gaining info from me, and I gave this person the info on a silver platter. I want to note that I was really suffering from deep identity crisis because of my undiagnosed autism. The leader had gotten info on someone close to me that's really cared for me my whole life. Eventually, things had hit a wall, and my care person and I fought verbally, and well, things were, let's just say, rock bottom. Online, I was kicked out of groups and discord where the leader had started help centers for autistic people. Little did I know I was dealing with a cult leader. Like, no fucking lie. This person was a leader of a cult, pretending to help vulnerable people online. This person was very religious, 
and also discussed ways to be with God and whatnot. I'm not religious in any way, so the topic of God definitely made me weary. Over time, I was told by a former friend online that the leader had recruited me and was barely able to separate me from my family. I was used by this individual, and I didn't know. A few of the leader's followers tried to blame me for the research into the leader and its members, and that alone left me with severe anxiety that lasted for months on end. Years later, the former friend and I were part of a new autism group that was way more helpful, but it turns out that the new group wasn't much better. Although they weren't a cult of any kind, the group did and still to this day participates in bullying of parents, and they also shun anyone who doesn't follow along with what they say. This group was very strict with its online rules, and parents were run off from receiving care for their loved ones. A few of the members of the group actually blocked me, and some tried to follow my page to stalk me. I was again at a very low point of my life, and I felt I had no one to support me. Sadly today, my support team is limited, and oftentimes I'm rejected from groups still to this day. I know overall this wasn't really a creepy story, but it tells the tale of not really knowing who you're talking to online. It's really scary not fully knowing the people you're friends with online without ever meeting them in real life. Now I'm mainly only part of my college support group online, and I have actually met some of them in person, which allows me to know that there are people that do care about me. My trust in people is greatly low because of these events, and I want others to know that if they're in a similar situation, the help is out there. It may take some research, but there are people that generally care about your well-being. Please stay safe online, guys, and take care of yourselves. You matter. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. I'm a 20-something-year-old female. The story takes place when I was between the ages of 9 to 10. I'm sorry if this is long, but I've never told anyone this story before in as much detail. When I was nine, some of my classmates began creating Facebook accounts. I started to ask my mom if I could create one too, because I wanted to play Facebook games with my friends. And after months of pestering her, she finally agreed. I should also mention that I ended up deleting my Facebook when I was a teenager so I have no idea if Facebook even still hosts games. My mom ensured my account was private and that she had my password. 
A year passed without any issues until I was 10. I won't mention the game, but there was a virtual reality game that I had started to play with my friends. I had asked my mom if it was okay, and she checked it out herself before agreeing that it was okay as long as I only spoke to my friends. The game basically gave you an avatar, and any messages you sent were public with a character limit, so your avatar could talk to the other avatars. The only way to send private messages was to add someone as a friend within the game. You could travel in the game to parks, clubs, and other people's houses. I know it sounds dodgy to allow a 10-year-old child on such a game, but I was a very quiet and responsible kid, so my family trusted me, and I feel like the internet was in a really different place back then. Anyway, one day I befriended a stranger at a party within the game. I can't remember if they were the host or a guest at said party since it was so long ago, but I remember attending and we started chatting. I'll call her Beth. Beth lying next to my avatar and just simply said, Hey, how are you? And I replied. I didn't really think much of it because it didn't strike me as an odd thing to say and I didn't want to be rude. We ended up talking about random things. The memory of this is quite hazy, but I remember that we didn't share any personal details, just chatted about what we enjoyed about the game, as well as chatted about our avatar's outfits and hairstyles. She ended up sending me a friend request, and I accepted it because we had a nice chat, and it felt okay to do. I can't remember when we next chatted, but we ended up becoming genuine friends eventually. She would come to my avatar's house and I'd go to hers and we'd have normal conversations. I didn't give her my real name at first. I lied and I said I was called Hannah. She told me her name but I'll obviously call her a fake one for privacy reasons. She asked me what age I was and I told her the truth. She told me she was 12 which didn't seem like a scary age difference to me. Like I said, we continued to chat for a few weeks. I never told my friends about her though because I felt like I couldn't, which will make sense as the story continues. After almost two months of talking, she said she had to confess something and that she would understand if I didn't want to be her friend anymore. I was nervous and I asked her what was wrong. She told me that she had lied about her age. She wasn't actually 12. She was 14. Looking back, this was a huge red flag, but I was innocent because I was a kid, and up until this point, she seemed so normal. I also felt like I couldn't judge her because I had lied about my name as well, so I told her it didn't matter what age she was, that I really valued our friendship no matter what. Then I told her my real name, and I explained that I lied for privacy reasons. She told me she didn't mind and that she understood. After this, our conversation started to get really personal and it made me feel a little uncomfortable, but I also felt understood by her. I'm now a lesbian and I was also aware of that as a kid. I didn't have the language to explain myself. I knew that I was still very young and I also knew that many people didn't like gay people. When Beth told me she was a lesbian, it made me feel like I wasn't alone in how I felt. I told her that I was struggling because I liked girls, 
and I was really scared of what all that meant. This is when things started to get really dark. For a few weeks, she would talk about how she discovered she was a lesbian, and she told me not to worry about how I felt because it would be okay in the future. However, she had started asking me sexual things after a while. She asked me if I'd ever kissed a girl. I was only 10 years old, so of course the answer was no. She asked me if I wanted to kiss her, and I said I didn't know. She told me we could kiss using our avatars, and that if I wanted to, we could do it. I felt hesitant. I really liked Beth, and I looked up to her a lot. I felt important and special because I had a friend who was 14, and to me, being 14 meant she was so cool. Looking back, I can now see that she was meticulously grooming me, slowly pushing boundaries to see what she could get away with, and I was just a kid, so I couldn't even see it at the time. I ended up agreeing to kiss her, and it made me feel grown up to do something like that. It's so embarrassing now, but at the time I felt cool. After we made our avatars kiss, she started telling me that I was so hot and that I was turning her on. I didn't know what that meant at that age, but I didn't want to look my age by admitting that. I knew that it had to mean something grown up, and I felt really awkward, but I didn't know what to do. I can't even remember what I said in response. I just remember after this incident, she started telling me I was hot all the time. She would also tell me that I was sexy and that she really wished I could be her girlfriend. We still had normal conversations, but anytime she told me how sexy I was, I felt uncomfortable. I certainly didn't feel hot or sexy, but I also felt special because I had a 14-year-old complimenting me in such a way. I had told myself I had to grow up and stop being so childish, and that this is what people do when they liked each other. After knowing her for a few months, she asked me to be her girlfriend. I was excited about this, and agreed. Looking back, I didn't even have a crush on Beth, but I thought I felt romantic feelings for her because she was grooming me. She made me feel so special and cool, and I really mistook that as having a crush on her. She suggested that we add each other on Facebook if we were going to be girlfriends, and since we had been chatting for so long. I agreed to this, and we found each other and added one another. Although the game we were on was on Facebook, adding someone on the game didn't make them a Facebook friend. When I saw a photo of Beth for the first time, I thought she was really beautiful, and her profile was real. She had plenty of normal photos, although I thought she looked a little older than 14, which was confirmed when I looked at her birthday. The year she was born had her as being 16 turning 17 in less than 6 months. This made me feel confused, so I messaged her on the Facebook game about it. She told me that she was so sorry for lying, she was just scared that I would think she was weird if she told me the truth, and that she didn't want me to feel uncomfortable talking to her. She made me feel really silly for asking her why she lied to me, and I felt guilty because she told me it didn't matter what age she was because we got along so well. I told her she was right, and I then apologized for making a big deal out of it. This was another huge dangerous red flag that I ignored. A week after all of this, she was telling me how hot and sexy I was yet again. 
I was beginning to get used to it at this point, and since she was my girlfriend and we'd actually seen each other's faces at this point, I told her that she was hot too, instead of simply saying thanks in response. This made her bold, and she told me she wanted to make our avatars kiss again. I said okay, and we did. Then she told me we should put our avatars on the bed. We were in her avatar's house, and I did what she suggested, because again, I was only 10 years old. What happened next makes me feel sick and ashamed to remember and type out. She told me we should take our clothes off and do stuff, if you know what I mean. Again, I was 10 years old. I had no idea about sex, especially not sex between two females. I was really scared and uncomfortable, but I didn't know what to do and I didn't want to hurt her feelings or look like I wasn't mature enough to be her girlfriend. She had started to tell me I was so mature for my age, and that was why being her girlfriend was okay. I believed her. The game had an animation where your avatar could bow down, and when the avatar was naked, they basically had flesh-colored underwear on. Beth started to press the bow button to make it look like her avatar was doing something sexual to my avatar. Then she had started messaging me and telling me what she was doing to my avatar, like weird virtual sex type stuff. I didn't understand what was happening, and I was literally frozen in fear. I didn't understand why I felt so wrong. I just knew I was genuinely afraid, and I felt sick. She stopped doing this after a while, and she told me I had to do something to her. So I just made my avatar bow too, and copied something she wrote to me. She started saying really gross stuff and how she was touching herself in real life. She went offline really fast after this incident, and I remember feeling so sick and wanting to cry. I didn't understand why I felt so dirty, but I felt like I had done something wrong because I hadn't stopped it, and that I just did what she wanted me to do. I was confused because I didn't like what was happening and I thought I should have liked it because Beth always told me I was so mature for my age, but I didn't feel that way. She got me to do sexual stuff with her a few more times, and every time I felt really uncomfortable, but I always went along with it anyway. Bear in mind that she was completely aware that I was only 10 years old. Anyway, I had been keeping all of this to myself until I finally cracked one day in school. Our class used to do an activity where we would sit in a circle on the floor and the teacher would pass us a small candle or ball and we would only chat if we were holding the object. Everyone in the room would listen and it was a way for us to chat about anything and everything. I don't really know how it got so deep, but one of my classmates ended up talking about his parents separating and because he shared something so serious and vulnerable, I found myself sharing a little about Beth. I said that I had a friend who was making me uncomfortable, and my teacher must have immediately recognized how serious it is for a child to say such a thing. She asked me what I meant, and I said I felt like I was being stalked on my Facebook. I can't remember exactly what she said, but she somehow managed to end the circle time without dismissing me or freaking any of the class out. She then spoke to me privately about it, and I told her that I had befriended a 16-year-old girl on a Facebook game, and I felt like she wouldn't leave me alone. My teacher was rightfully horrified, and she contacted my parents that same afternoon. 
My mom immediately wanted to know what was going on. I didn't tell anyone the full details because I was just way too ashamed, and I also didn't want to come out. So I had told my mom that I added someone from the Facebook game onto my actual Facebook account, and that I felt like she was suffocating me, that she was always messaging me on the game and telling me I was hot. I didn't go into details, and I didn't say anything about her making me have virtual sex with her or making me her girlfriend. My mom knew Beth was clearly a pedophile and a predator, and she then went onto my Facebook and then blocked her completely. She also went on my game and blocked her from there as well. Every time you exited the game, messages disappeared, so she never saw anything on the game, and we never messaged each other on my actual Facebook account. Looking back, Beth probably did this deliberately to avoid detection. My mom gave me a huge lecture, not because she was angry with me. It was a concerned lecture about how I should never add strangers or talk to them, as well as never give out personal details. I understood, and I stopped using the game, and I ended up shutting it down for some reason some years later. I stopped using the game, and it ended up shutting down for some reason years later. I never heard from Beth ever again. I still think about her occasionally, and it makes me feel disgusting to know that she preyed on me. As an adult, it feels worse to look back, because I know there's no way I'd ever talk to a random 10-year-old, and I'd certainly never do any of the gross shit that Beth did. When I was a young teenager, I told myself Beth didn't mean to make me uncomfortable, but I can now see it very clearly. She really took time in grooming me, and what she did was inexcusable and wrong. She committed crimes and was a predator. I should have told someone everything, but I was too ashamed. Thank you for reading my story. My message to anyone listening is to please stay safe online. You're never too old for internet safety. Women can be predators too, and never ignore red flags. Someone lying about their age and being a lot older than you is weird and creepy, and parents have the right to be worried about their children online, because let's face it, it's a very scary world out there. Stay safe, everyone. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So a couple of weeks ago, my niece and I were on TikTok Live just talking to random people. People from other countries, groups, questions and answers, and other things that you do on live. We kept rotating the people in the live with us, until this one guy joined our live. He was talking to us about getting more followers, 
which my niece is pretty big on TikTok, so she was really interested in getting more followers as to the fact that she wants to be an influencer. He started off normal and telling us different tips, and then he started getting very sexual, making us uncomfortable, saying that the main way a female can gain a large following is to dance with barely any clothes on. After that, we ended his join on our live. We continued on the live, and he started sending roses and flowers. Insane amounts. Commenting how much money he had, and that we should do what he said, and all this other crazy shit. We ended the life and we were completely creeped out. We figured we'd come back to it later on in the night. So fast forward about two hours later and I'm hanging out with another friend and my phone starts going crazy with Snapchat messages and ads. It was him. How he found my Snapchat when it wasn't even on my TikTok and never once mentioned my name or tag or anything is beyond me. He also found my Facebook and Instagram account. I continued to get messages over and over again until I blocked him. He was asking me if I wanted to make some money doing inappropriate things. Then more accounts started popping up all over the place and adding me. I had to delete all of my social media accounts and change my number. He had even gotten a hold of my old address. It truly terrifies me how he was able to find out who I was without being pinned in any videos or the live account. I never even mentioned my real name or my relationship with my niece while on the live. He continues to make new accounts to harass my niece and I, and I've even contacted the police, but because he's in another state, they don't see it as a threat. If anything else happens, I'll definitely provide an update. Before I get into telling this story, I want to warn that the story has pedophilia mentions, suicidal stuff, as well as emotional abuse. Before we get into it, some background information. My name is Kate. I'm a 22-year-old trans male, and yes, specifying I'm trans is important for this story. At the time this started, I was 18, and it ended when I was about 20 or so. I've been a fan for a little while on this channel and I've heard numerous stories from other people, and I've really debated for a while telling my own story. I don't know how scary some may actually find it, but as my dad always says, the scary events of your own life are the scariest you yourself will ever go through, so I won't judge myself too harshly. I also apologize if the story seems to jump around a lot and gets very long. Some of the fear and pain from this time still really affects me to this day. Now, the story mostly takes place on the social media called Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, it's like if you combined old chat rooms, forums, and video chat services like Skype and made it into one site and app. And originally, it was built for gamers, but nowadays it's used by numerous groups of people, as the story proves. I got the app when I was about 16 or 17, and while I originally didn't use it that much, I had soon started using it to regularly chat with like-minded people, gamers, and content creators mostly. Unfortunately, I have a controlling mother, and because of her, I was rather isolated, even at that age, which may actually explain some of my over-trusting tendencies in this story, and which brought me to Discord to begin with. 
I slowly ended up moving away from the gaming community for reasons not related to this, and I ended up joining the role-playing community. If you didn't know, around this time role-playing was decently popular on Discord, and still is to this day. At the same time, I ended up seeking mental health help on one of my old gaming communities that I was still in, as I was dealing with a toxic and abusive lover at this time, and to tell the story of her would be a whole other topic. So I'll just leave it at her name was Riley. Riley and I had another one of our rough breaking up only to get back together a few days later patches. So I was venting one night in the server, when I came across a user named Desi. I don't recall his full username anymore, and that wasn't his real name, but I'll call him Desi as stating his real name still hurts and makes me feel sick. He was lonely, suicidal, and depressed, and was also venting, and I noticed, and I had talked him down from this. As a result, we ended up becoming fast friends, and I texted him every day about everything. Most notably, my problems with Riley and drama that I was going through with other Discord friends at the time. Typical 18-year-old stuff, to be honest. At the time, I was just slowly coming out of the closed-off religious influence of my mother and my church, and I was also exploring being part of the LGBTQ community. I of course told Desi this, as he was a very close friend. He took my coming out very well. Though at the time, I told him I was gender fluid, not trans, just to see if going by female pronouns would still make him and my other friends comfortable. Dumb, I know. He respected both my pronouns surprisingly, and he was also very lovely towards me at the time when I said that I was only into women. I'm bisexual, but at the time I was in denial about it for anyone wondering. I also at the time told him about my mental illnesses and disorders, like depression, anxiety, and autism. However, I also told him that I was seeking a diagnosis for a disorder called DID, aka Dissociative Identity Disorder. A brief explanation for those who don't know, it's a disorder that splits up your memories and personality in what's known as alters, and it generally results from childhood abuse or trauma. It was very supportive and understanding, but he also made it a little weird and this was the first thing that he ever did that made me uncomfortable, among a trillion things to follow. He was massively into zodiacs and astrology, and he told me, Oh, that's normal. You're a Pisces, right? Pisces always have multiple sides. I do too, as does my girlfriend. I was a little weirded out by this. DID is a serious mental disorder, and he was chopping it up into zodiacs? I brushed it off though, figuring he was more implying it was a funny coincidence. Plus, I was new to astrology, and I didn't want to come off judgmental about a belief or side of spirituality that I didn't know about. I promise this becomes important later on. Months went by, and I soon developed this rather popular Discord server within my community of friends and the larger communities that I was in. A lot of my friends were there and even Riley was. Desi, naturally, of course, ended up joining and met my best friends at the time. For their privacy, I'll call them M and K. K is still my best friend to this day. Soon we all bonded, and we formed a sort of family out of my server. This had really filled me with so much joy, 
as I didn't at this time connect with my family much at all. My dad was distant, and my sister and I were on pretty rough terms, and I tended to ignore her. So, as you may imagine, I spent a lot of time with my newfound family, came out as trans, and soon we moved on from my old role-playing server and into a group chat. This is where things slowly went downhill, however. As the weeks and months went by, Desi exhibited more and more erratic and controlling behavior. He kept being weird about my masculine identity, trying to imply that I'd be better off as a woman and that I'd be more desirable as a woman. He suddenly claimed to have the disorder that I was seeking a diagnosis for, and he would use his altars to control me or guilt me at any given opportunity. One of these supposed altars was named Sin. Yeah, that should tell you about everything of where this was going. Sin often was in my DMs more than in the group chat, and at the time, the others didn't even know who Sin was. As a result, Sin unleashed all of what would later be Desi's true colors and darkness on me. Pretty much constantly, he would tell me that Desi was horrible and was going to hell, baiting me to compliment Desi and defend him. He also attacked me verbally, insulted me, and had even threatened me on several occasions. A lot of my religious trauma and trauma in general was used against me by sin in those days. And every time I had enough and tried to set a boundary towards Desi in general, Desi would just claim that he couldn't do anything and that sin was responsible. It was always about sin being at fault. Every time I was depressed or had suicidal thoughts, Desi told me he would kill himself instead forcing me to comfort him instead of caring about my own feelings. Anytime I had a breakdown, Desi always made it about himself, and he found a way to make me feel bad for being depressed. Desi also protested Riley and I's relationship constantly, though not in a caring way, more in a subtle, I want you to myself kind of way. This got even worse when I announced that Riley and I had finally broken up. Desi seemed happy, almost too happy. As my friend group grew, it soon became a complete nightmare, as Desi by then was obsessed with me, and constantly calling all of us and getting angry if any of us were busy or had other calls to get to. I had also found out that Desi and his girlfriend had broken up, making Desi all the more possessive of me. He had started calling me his son, and was constantly asking everyone where I was whenever I'd go offline for just a few minutes. My only relief during this time was someone who was, I believe, a niece or family friend of Desi's, or something like that, named Elle. She was young, right around 11, and yeah, she wasn't supposed to be on Discord, but she was really adorable, and I really enjoyed talking to her and Desi about her day. Desi's horrible mind games unfortunately weren't done, well, remember that religious trauma that I mentioned earlier? Yeah. He decided to play that card again and pretended he was possessed. Lord, it was cringy. But for a minute, I almost believed that it was real and tried every religious trick in the book. One of the tricks I tried was a prayer. But then I noticed something odd. The demon claimed prayers did nothing to it. By demon, I mean Desi, by the way. Now, that wasn't entirely weird. I wasn't a pastor or anything. Plus, despite being religious back then, I was pretty open-minded. And I considered how I was raised about demons could have been wrong. 
But then my logic worked. Why would a demon just decide to take over someone, and of all things text their friends on Discord? When the demon continued texting, I quickly figured out that it was Desi faking it, especially after the demon claimed other religions have demons too, and that their tricks might work better. Why would a supposed demon try to help me with ways to get rid of it? I tried to call him out and say that I knew that it was just Desi, but he continued acting, now spamming me with really weird sentences that were supposed to scare me or something, I guess. The next part, however, made my stomach drop. Remember Elle? Well, the supposed demon then spammed her DMs too. Suddenly, it clicked. It all made sense. Elle wasn't a real person. Elle was Desi. I felt sick. For months, he made me believe she was real. I screamed at him again. But unfortunately, I didn't cut him out of my life at that point, and I just forgave him. I really shouldn't have, especially with what all he did over the next year. But I won't get into all that, as it's really disturbing and triggering. Let me just leave it at this. He ended up getting kicked out of the group. But unfortunately, that wasn't the end of it. Later on, he returned after insisting that he sought out therapy and had gotten help for so many of his terrible actions. But he had only turned out somehow even worse. He grew even more controlling, and he was now actively making me his therapist, so to speak. The things he told me, the awful things he told me, the horrid thoughts he had, the desires he had, how much the group actually annoyed him, how much that he favored me and Kay and adored us, all the dark things he told me I could never even type or say. It would just be way too much to talk about, and it really scares me to this day. Finally, after a few more incidents that I don't want to get into, I had enough. I kicked him out of the group chat and out of my life for good. Later on, however, I learned the full extent of all he had done. His claim of having altars? Obviously bullshit. The incident with L? Well, he turned out to be a pedophile who had really fantasized about minors. I also ended up cutting out my old friend group, as most of them were really toxic. And later down the line, him and I also cut ties mutually, as our friendship had also become very mutually toxic and unhealthy. Since then, I've left the church, cleaned up my social circles, gotten engaged, grown my bond with my best friend Kay, and I've made a whole new bunch of friends, and I'm now in the process of getting diagnosed with DID and PTSD. I still use Discord to this day, but I depend on it a lot less for friendships and mental health help than I did back in the day. This story wouldn't have even come to my mind to tell, especially since I've left that life far behind me, were it not for the fact that he recently tried to contact me again by trying to friend me on Snapchat. I of course rejected the friend request, but it brought all these memories flooding back. The story was messy and I couldn't fit in room for the full extent of all the messed up things Desi did. But what I want to tell people is to never do what I did. Let this story be a warning to you. Never forgive a guy like that over and over. Report people like him, and always trust your gut. Always block those who make you uncomfortable or hurt you, 
and never bond with someone you originally had met in a vent channel on some random Discord server that you barely spoke in. It's cheesy as hell and a lot to say, but it's true. Stay safe out there. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always, stay.